What's going on, everybody? Welcome to Whiskey Web and Whatnot, your favorite show about whiskey, web, and sometimes whatnot, with your hosts, Robbie the Wagner and Charles W. the Third. Those are our Twitter handles. Charles William Carpenter the Third as the full name, of course, because we can't go an episode without saying it. <laughs> yeah, you enjoy it too much, and I don't want to take that. I don't want to remove that joy from your life. There's so little left. Yeah. And on that note, let's have some whiskey. <laughs> let's stop drinking. It sounds so depressing. We have to drink whiskey. Boo. Uh, yeah. All right. There we go. What you don't know is I've actually already drank half this bottle. So, uh, so it's from Reddit, I guess, is why you found it. Uh, yeah. So there's a, a, Reddit, a subreddit called Bourbon, cleverly enough. And they do barrel picks and and they send out like this email where you choose which one you want to try to be a part of and they randomly select from that and let you buy and blah 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 so it's kind of a cool thing to get different stuff so this one is from the company called the nashville barrel company spelled with two l's no just kidding just one because that was the big barrel no there's one. Oh, i thought you meant nashville no i was messing with you i was like there's two l's in nashville oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah Hopefully you don't get that wrong. So this is a rye, (laughs) as I mentioned, an R bourbon pick. It's 106.40 proof, nine years aged. And the mash bill is, took me a little while to find that, 95% rye and just 5% malted barley. Mm. Yeah, not bad. All right, let's see what we got. All right. Okay. Mm. Has a very specific smell that I'm trying to put into words. Okay. Mm. It's got like a mustiness. Okay, it smells like, you remember like, I don't know if you had these like book fairs at school as a kid. Yeah. And they would bring in all these books and you would like open them. They're like new books and they would all have certain smells depending on the book. They didn't all smell that way. So it must be something about the process of printing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They were like the chemical for preserving. That's what this smells like. Yeah. That's funny. Now that you say that. Like it's a in a good way, but. Yeah, yeah. It's like the new car smell of books. Yeah. Yeah. Not like books that you would get from like the thrift store or something that smell like uh, mothballs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's a different smell. Hmm. Okay. Well, yeah, I, I get that. Definitely. That's a good descriptor. I couldn't really get there. Hmm. <sighs> hmm. Got a little bit of spiciness. Yeah. Like a nutmeggy cinnamon for me in the beginning. And then it has a little maple. It's got some heat, though. Yeah. And then peppery. Yeah, it's something of like a a spice blend. One of the ones that isn't the common, like, main ones. I can't, I don't know which which one, but like some spice I can't put my finger on. That's what it tastes like. Star of Anise or something like that. Yeah, sure. I just like saying that one, right? (laughs) (laughs) I think that's in that like 21, like the Chinese 21 spice blend or something. I don't know. Yeah. That one has a lot of interesting stuff. Yeah. Anise is in a lot of, like, it's in pho and, uh, like, different dishes. Yeah, a lot of uh, Indian dishes, I think, too. Mm. Have things like anise and coriander. and I very infrequently made my own spice blends for, for that kind of stuff. So not enough to actually remember. Oh, yeah, for sure. Hmm. It's good, though. It's tasty. Yeah. It doesn't linger too long. That's nice. I still stay with my, it's got a little cinnamon and nutmeg in the beginning for me. I feel like it's a little bit different than a standard rye, but uh, not massively. It's got a lot of classic rye characteristics, very spicy. I like it. I think I would give it a six. So 
how you don't like it enough. <laughs> it just showed up on your door one day, so you don't know anything about pricing or anything for it. So you are giving right. it a very generic, independent review in that way. I don't know. I was leaning more towards the seven. At least as of right now, I'm like particularly enjoying it sipping. It's got some hug, but it doesn't linger too long. That's pretty nice. Like you said, it's very well-rounded in terms of having a little little sweet, a little bitter, a little woodiness, little like it feels like it's deep in its flavors. And I'm, I actually have a little water today too. So I'll add some to try that, but I think I'm going to go seven. I think I'm, I am enjoying this. Okay. Fair enough. No one is wrong on this show. Yeah. Except when we're wrong about, no one's wrong about whiskey. Yes, exactly. Let's say that. Yeah. The important <laughs> part. Yeah. Yeah. The best whiskey is the one you like. Yep. All right. So web things, internets. Yeah. Plural. Let's talk about this. Yeah. So we're, uh, Somewhat tech adjacent here today. We don't have like a heavy technical topic or anything, but we wanted to go a little bit into different conferences that we know are coming up, how you might find some and, you know, what we think the benefits are and and all of that stuff. So there used to be not really a great way to find them. It was kind of word of mouth or like, you know, at their own SEO of what are you searching for to find my conference? Mm -hmm. So it was kind of few and far between that you would find these JavaScript conferences and you'd be like, oh, wait, that one happened over there. That's cool. I wish I had known about that. I would have gone. But now there are a lot of like aggregators and I feel like people are doing better about you know, mentioning it on Twitter and things like that. A couple of them that seem to be pretty good and they have stuff that's not just JavaScript. They have like every dev conference type of thing, like different uh, frameworks and languages and all of that different stuff. There's a confs.tech and a dev.events that you can go to and find these. And I confirmed they do have a render ATL on them. So like they at least know about that one. But I think a lot <laughs> of people know about that one at this point. So yeah, I don't know if they have every conference, but uh, I found it a nice way to filter through them and and see, see all of that stuff. Yeah, I'm looking at it now. I wasn't familiar myself with comps.tech. Yeah. I believe I've seen dev.events before. It's nice because you can look at by subject matter and by location. So you, it's got a few filter options in person or online or both. Yeah. Yeah. So that's kind of neat. And you can filter by ones that have an open CFP, a call for papers. So you can see like, oh, if I'm looking to speak at a conference, I can just go find all of these and, uh, you know, apply to all of them. Right. But I guess taking a step back, why do does anyone care? Why would you want to go to a conference? What's the point, right? I think there's beyond the obvious, it can be fun and a good way to uh, network with people and, and get to know your team better or whatever. Going to any conference that's in a different area or potentially somewhat different subject matter than you're used to is going to help broaden the way you look at things and, you know, give you new insights to bring back to your team of ways to do things, how to improve all of the things, et cetera. So I guess I'm trying to think, have I even been to any that aren't EmberConf? I'm not sure. <laughs> well, that's interesting that you speak to that and not well, participated in that on your own. I've been to many conferences over the years, so I can speak to I do think, agree with you, though. I think you're on the right track. I think there's a lot of different ways. Let's say going with your team and having it A, be like, we've gone somewhere else. We're doing this event about the subject matter that we're all working within. And we want to learn something together, but we also want to take some time to bond and network within 
that ecosystem in person a little bit rather than just like Discord or Slack server or whatever. I think those are certainly good things. If you go on your own, you can kind of do, you won't have the team bonding exercise, but you have like individuals with similar interests, obviously going to the same conference and just getting different perspectives while watching the talks there and maybe getting introduced to something new. I think that's another valuable aspect and like learning something, right? Regardless, hopefully you have like one or two takeaways minimally when you go to a conference, either that you're familiar with the subject or you're trying to learn about something new altogether. And I think they can be both of those things, go into another ecosystem and figure out another way of doing things that might benefit you as well. And then, yeah, obviously there's the the aspect of where it's hosted. Sometimes that's just a cool thing to, I want to go to a conference and it's in wherever city and I've been there. Nice to explore. A lot of conferences are smart about integrating like local aspects into the conference as well. So that's another fun thing too. Yeah. And you can't forget the most important thing. You get the potential to build your entire wardrobe for the year while you're there because mm-hmm. everyone's giving away free shirts and stuff. Right. Yeah. The swag, which at, I remember when I first started going to conferences, I was just like, yes, I want every t-shirt and bag and whatever else. And this is so cool. And then eventually you end up with like two drawers full of that stuff. And you're like, I don't need it anymore. I have to purge. Yeah. Well, usually the stuff isn't of high quality. So it wears out before, like, I just have to throw them out anyway. But, um, right. Yeah. Not the ship shape stuff though. That stuff lasts forever. Yeah. Cause we buy good stuff. Yeah. 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 So some of the conferences coming up that we are pretty excited about render ATL, I think is the, well, it's not the first one. So let's come back to that. Okay. The first one chronologically is ViewConf US. I don't know if you've heard about it, but it is in New Orleans. Are you asking me? Yeah. Mm. No, I haven't. Just because we've been a bit out of the view ecosphere for a little bit. So I hadn't. Yeah. So it's, um, of course, Evan Yu is speaking because he's the view guy and it's in New Orleans. I just thought that would be a cool trip because like New Orleans is fun. Jazz is fun. You know, all of that kind of stuff. And yeah, I don't know much about it other than it's there and uh okay another speaker is a uh, sebastian chopin or chopin yeah sebastian chopin because i believe okay. he's french yeah right the, he's like the guy um in charge of nuxt i believe i see so yeah you can hear from those guys there's some other speakers but i'm not really into that community as much so i don't know if they are prominent or not mm. So if you're interested in the prominent smell of pee, I would go to that one. <laughs> That's another thing I know about, at least the French Quarter. Oh. It kind of smells like urine everywhere. But, um, it can be. That happens in some of the best places. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Sorry, anyone who lives in New Orleans. Uh, I just had to make that joke. Yeah. Yes. And then next, chronologically, is Render ATL, as you mentioned, mm-hmm. May 31st to the 2nd. It's in Hotlanta. I actually haven't spent any time there. I've only been through the airport. So yeah, I've, I'd love to to be there. I've been there. I haven't. I don't know that I've been downtown. Like I've been around Atlanta for a day or two. But yeah, I haven't been like in the city. Caitlin has a lot of family there. So we're going to make like a week of it and hmm. visit some people and, and do all of that. It's a large conference with an incredible number of speakers, too, which is another interesting mm-hmm. aspect of it. And obviously, we've had a few of them on this show. I kind of have like a mild personal goal to try to get as many of those 80 speakers that we haven't already spoken to 
on the show, but uh, yeah, I better turn up that effort a little bit. But yeah, because there's a lot of very interesting people there. So it'd be great to like have different people. Like if you happen to listen to this and you are a speaker there. That's no one. <laughs> no one that's a speaker there listens to this. Wait, well, maybe somebody we've already interviewed is and they would recommend us maybe. to someone else who is also a speaker. Or if you want to come back, I'm not opposed to that. But, you know, we can chat about this specific conference and what you want to talk about or whatever else. But uh, yeah, so I would love to have more of uh, the speakers on this show. That would be a lot of fun and then meet up with them in person. Yeah. And then, yeah, you, you mentioned here in the show notes that they do have a legit legit swag called hardware legit <laughs> legit <laughs> that's almost like saying legit i just took legit <laughs> sorry it's called like yeah cash money records except for it's cash yeah. spelled c-a-c-h-e so i ordered one from last year took oh, yeah? a while got the shirt and then like i wear a medium typically but this was like a medium child's size and then i tried to get an exchange and they just didn't have them anymore so they just gave me money back but mm. So maybe going there, I'll be able to be like, yes, I'd like one. Can we make sure it fits me? Yeah, they have a bunch of cool stuff. They have like a cologne for whatever reason. And then they have uh, hmm. like some baseball jerseys and like a a nice hoodie and um, a Mona Lisa with a gold chain. Okay. Like with some other like, I don't know, developer centric things around it to make it more techie. But it's definitely not as lame as sometimes you get stuff from conferences so right yeah yeah it's got some personality and it's kind of cool and like the hip-hop vibe to it the original cash money records like that was um master p right you know i don't know yeah i think it was master p and i think they're from new orleans hmm. don't quote me on that anyway so that correlation is kind of interesting so yes we're excited interested sounds like robbie's definitely going i better go <laughs> then yeah still figuring out the details but definitely going I don't know if this is still going to happen, but I was talking to the people at uh, Render ATL about potentially doing a crossover podcast thing with them because they have their own podcast too and like chill with them, talk about the conference more. So we might go more into to detail on that if we can hook that up, but we'll see. So many things I learned just by showing up and recording a show with you. <laughs> no idea. Hey, I'm busy. I don't have Slack on as much anymore. What are you going to do? You're so productive. That's great. See, I learned about conferences in a leadership Slack, tech leadership Slack that I'm a part of. It has a, a conference channel as well. It's called RANS Leadership Slack. So it's not a secret. and Anybody can pretty much join. Uh, highly recommended if you're interested. Uh, it has technical leadership channels, but it also has plenty of people who aren't directly in technical leadership. So there are plenty of individual contributors and people that are in the product side of things and all over the place. So it's a, a really interesting community with all kinds of, I mean, there must be hundreds of sub channels there about sim racing and job searching and certain tech JavaScript and Python and just everything in between. Nice. Plug. <laughs> yeah. So the only conference I've been to, I guess, is EmberConf. So excited that's coming back up. I mean, I've just been down a rabbit hole for a long time in Ember. And then when I actually would have considered going to other conferences, we had a pandemic for a long time. So I'm planning on going to other ones now. But, of course, always going to go to EmberConf whenever they have it for as long as they have it. So that is coming up. I'm unsure of the exact dates if we've nailed that down yet, but it's like July 20th and 21st, give or take. 
I don't know if it's like Wednesday, Thursday or Thursday, Friday or, or what, but around those dates. And uh, it's in Portland, which is always fun. I guess it could be hit or miss in July. Like sometimes it's actually hot there now. I think it used to not get hot, but I don't know. I don't know what's happening in the world. Yeah. It's like the globe is warming. There's tons of snow in California right now. So Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. Maybe the earth is changing its tilt and the axis and now California will become Antarctica or something. Well, that would be hilarious for all the people that have spent millions of dollars for property down there <laughs> but down on the beach and all of a sudden yeah. penguins move in yeah Uh-oh. so ember conf july ish definitely july just i don't know the if it's the the exact dates but anyway right and the dreams of the 90s are alive and well there so that's perfect ember's not from the 90s no that's part of portlandia oh i never watched that the dreams of the 90s are alive and well in portland okay well sorry that's your loss. We could whatnot that a little bit. It's pretty funny. Yeah. Uh, there's a special announcement around. We have been confirmed that we will be recording a live episode of this podcast at EmberConf. So I th- believe it's the second day. But again, we don't know what the days are. So we'll we'll give you more details as we know. But um, it's going to be like a breakout session kind of thing. So it's like there won't be a main stage thing necessarily happening. Right. It's just like choose your adventure from these three or four things or something. So we'll be one of those things. We may or may not be on the main stage or in another room. I don't know if people have to sign up beforehand or like how they know how many you're going to what, but it is definitely happening. And we are trying to work out the logistics to see if we can get everyone to taste whiskey with us or if that's not going to be allowed. So if not, it'll be just us, but we'll see. (laughs) Interesting. I thought you were going to say like, we can't bring whiskey in the building or something because I am definitely sneaking it in. We can have the whiskey and... Yeah, I think the problem is just if you're going to serve to like over a certain number of people, you need to have like an actual bartender, like some kind of license or something. Oh, I get what you're trying to do. You're trying to have all the audience sip along with us. Interactive. I love this. Yeah, like this is great. Like we've done drink tickets before at EmberConf. You know, you end the conference and you have a drink or two. And then once you've used your tickets up, you're done. Like just do that towards the end of the day and make one of the drink tickets be for this. And then... You don't have to worry that people are like way too hammered or whatever, because that's the main concern. Oh, I see. Yeah. Just the people who like make friends with us will end up hammered. That's all. Because we'll obviously have extra. Yeah. The people we give free bottles to. Yes, exactly. (laughs) At that point, you're going to have to drag like some of your boxes out so we can give bottles away, have them shipped out. Yeah. I'll start driving now. I'll take the Bronco and it'll take that long to get there. (laughs) Yeah, possibly max of 35, but it looks cool. So there's the special announcement. Love the interactive thing. Do think we should probably have people on stage with us too? So we'll have to decide who's who are the appropriate guests. Yeah. So I don't know. Like a lot of people have left the Embercore team or are not left. I guess that's the wrong word. Like they're on to other things for a while. Maybe, maybe they're coming back. I don't know. But like who we would have on from the Embercore team, I'm not sure. Definitely, we should open it up to anyone that has questions about Ember or this podcast or anything they want to ask us. Like, we could have another mic out in the room or whatever, and people can ask questions. Right. Or come up on stage, whatever. It doesn't matter. Nope. So, yeah, we're going to make it as interactive as we can because it would be really dumb for us to just, like, shoot the shit for an hour with a bunch of people in the room. Like, people need to talk with us or it's just kind of dumb. They get to meet their favorite celebrities in person. (laughs) And us. Yeah. Yep. Right. Yeah, we'll be there also. (laughs) Turns out. (laughs) 
<laughs> All righty. So back to conferences. Um, I think we've yeah. yammered on about the uh, that the uh, real time logistics of our show at a conference. Yeah. Speaking of conferences, what else well, do we need to know? We need to know what. So the last thing about Emberconf is it does have a CFP. And not all conferences do. I don't know if we mentioned it when we were talking about Render ATL, but all those speakers are invited. Mm-hmm. So you could not even like apply. Even if you had the best application, there's no way. They would just be like, yeah, come speak here. So every conference is different, but a lot of them have a CFP. And if you're looking to get into speaking at conferences, highly recommend that you just start submitting to several of them. It's also good if you can get someone to review your work before you submit it. Make sure everything like is as good as it can be. Everyone that has made it to speaking is has had a lot of help along the way or or a lot of luck, I guess. So don't be afraid to ask for help. Even we're around if you need help, if we have the time. Hmm. Although you're the only one who successfully had a conference talk accepted. So, Well, yes, but I don't even necessarily count it because it was virtual because of the pandemic. But like... I applied a few times before I ended up doing like a workshop and uh, a bonus conf talk the the years prior. And I finally get main stage and the world shuts the fuck down. So (laughs) yeah, that's okay though. I can just go take a picture in front of the big Ember sign and pretend like I was speaking. And then we can say that, that it happened. Perfect. (laughs) Put that up on your LinkedIn Ember conference speaker. It's part of your. Yeah. So yes, ask you for all of the help. That sounds good. So I think the last piece to conferences is like, you know, all this sounds cool, right? But how do you get to go and not have to pay for it? Because they're expensive. Like unless you're speaking and they're paying your way there, it's usually, you know, flights are anywhere from a few hundred to like a thousand bucks, depending on where you're going. And lodging can be anywhere from 150 to three or 400 a night, depending on where you're staying. So it's not cheap. And You have to be able to convince your company that it's a good use of, one, letting you take your time to go do it so that you're off of work potentially for a couple of days, focusing on that and paying your way and paying for all that and your food and all that stuff. So a lot of conferences I've been noticing, it's kind of a trend, give you a convince your boss template. I don't know if you've seen those. I haven't. But uh, Render ATL has one and it's like, you know, examine these things about your team. Like, what are the problems your team has? Where are their knowledge gaps? What could be improved? Then it's like, you know, look at these different talks we're having and and the potential topics and try to like map that back in to say like, hey, you know, we're having a problem with XYZ. This person's giving a talk that's somewhat related to that. I think it would be a, a good use of our time to, you know, bring the team, get some outside opinions from these talks and be able to level up the team in that way. And, you know, just talking about, professional growth in general, because most companies, you know, if they can spend a couple thousand dollars and theoretically get a, you know, much more enlightened and leveled up engineer who's ready to take on higher challenges and things, then why would they not spend that money? Like they want to have their engineers be as knowledgeable and good at everything as they can. So they might as well spend a little money there versus they got to spend it somewhere because like they want to spend it all before the end of the year for taxes. Right. So like instead of spending it on like a, a lunch or a, something silly, spend it on this. Yeah. And something to bear in mind, too, when you consider the compensation and benefits in your job search is that uh, lots of companies offer uh, professional development budgets and that can include 
conferences. So sometimes it's like books and online courses and and or conferences. And the, I think asking those questions up front or, hey, you're already employed. Good for you. And see if they have a professional development budget because it might already exist. So and then the convincing is uh, less of a concern. I know when uh, I would uh, manage teams, oftentimes we have that same professional development budget. And when someone wanted to go to something, you know, they bring it up. They talk about kind of like you had mentioned what they think the benefits are and then sort of the like the ask on the return end is okay when you get back why don't you do a little like lunch and learn for the team just to like kickstart that conversation off within the team and and sort of present to everybody like some things you thought were valuable or maybe not valuable maybe you're like well they said that it was this kind of conference and it wasn't that great but now i've learned abc thing yeah i think that's totally fair it's the least you can do and um, the best way to like bring that back to your team. Because if just you learn, but everyone else has no idea about it, then why would they listen to you unless you've helped convince them? So mm, there you go. Conferences. Yeah, we didn't really have a ton about conferences, I guess, here. So we can just move to whatnot at this point. Go to conferences. They're fun. Yeah, they're fun. They're interesting. You're networking. It's important to like... It's important to develop your network, I think. And in subject matters that you're interested in, it's a great place to do it. And socialize a little. Don't stay in all side. Yeah. All right. What not? Well, I don't know. What not? My brain is a little fried from what not um, because I what notted myself to Florida <laughs> last week. <laughs> yep. Because I was curious, what is hotter than the desert with more traffic and a giant mouse? Florida. Is it that hot right now, though? It was pretty hot, actually. Yeah, it was um, mid to high 80s mm. and very high humidity. So it was quite, quite warm and sticky. So, yeah, hate that. Yeah, not my favorite, but nice and sunny. Yeah, I went to Disney World for a few days. So into each of the parks, Animal Kingdom, the Magic Kingdom, Hollywood Studios and Epcot. Nice. Did you do the Toy Story ride? Yes, we did. That's my favorite one. So I didn't really know what to expect. And we did the Genie Plus thing. So there's certain like long rides you can make reservations for. Mm-hmm. I guess it's like the modern Fast Pass because they don't Fast Pass anymore. Okay. So we did it for that. And, you know, uh, when we were walking up to it, I, I saw and I'm like, oh, this might be a little more than he bargained for. But let's see. Both of my children were big enough to get on it. So I figured it's not can't be that crazy. Well, he loved it. So that was great. We did the Avatar ride. The one where you ride a banshee. So it's. I didn't know they had that one. Oh, yes. So in Animal Kingdom, they have the whole Avatar world and they have a couple of rides in there. And one of them is like this VR like experience. So you're riding a banshee, but you're like strapped into this thing and they kind of make it more like 4D, you know, other senses. Mm -hmm. So like when you dive down into like a waterfall thing, they missed you a little bit. There's a lot of wind. The thing that you're on is supposed to be like the saddle on a banshee. And so it's breathing mm. too. And then like, especially when you stop and pause and it's breathing heavier, like, so you get that aspect. Yeah. It was really cool. Yeah. I know they had a, uh, one that was like a hang gliding thing mm-hmm. or something at one point. And they had like, they would spray like orange mist. 
So it would smell like you were like going through fruit trees and stuff. Yeah. You do smell like the jungle and stuff too in this. So yeah, it, it's a similar concept. It just yeah. happens to be specific to Avatar. They do still have that, what you're talking about. It's an Epcot, mm. but I opted to ride the Guardians of the Galaxy roller coaster instead. And it Ooh. was killer. Nice. Very cool. It's indoor. Is that new? Yeah, it's newer. I think it's the newest thing other than Tron, which is opening up like in a month or so. And so obviously we didn't do Tron because it doesn't exist yet. But yeah, I guess I haven't been in like over 10 years. So I guess everything is probably new at this point. Yeah. So there's definitely some neat stuff. Like um, there's thing in Hollywood Studios that's in like the Chinese theater and it's Mickey's Runaway Train. And that was actually really fun. The kids really like that. So like, it's not on a track. You're just in these cars that like operate independently and it's moving all around. And it's like, you went into a cartoon. So it's like, mm. yeah, I don't know. It's hard to describe, but that's generally it. And that was really fun too. Yeah. A lot of good rides. And of course we just did. It's a small world, things like that too. Yeah. Yeah. Got to do the classics, do the teacups. Yeah. And in star Wars, I actually didn't ride any rides this time. I was trying to get on rise of the rebellion. Mm. But it was like super booked up and they have like you can do the Genie Plus, but you actually have to buy an extra reservation thing for that. And then even that was booked up. Wow. So it's a little crazy. Popular. Mm -hmm. Indeed. So, yeah, I guess. Oh, um, rides good. Genie Plus thing. Not bad. Lots of fun had. Obviously, uh, the Safari and Animal Kingdom is cool. It's been there forever. Food is real. is kind of bad in general. There is one place called Tiffin's. Yeah. They have cool experiences though. Yeah. So the first night we did Tiffin's in Animal Kingdom and that was like gourmet, amazing, super delicious. A bad way to start off properly. <laughs> the second night we ate at Be Our Guest, hoping that my daughter could meet Belle. So like Beast and Belle. Well, yeah. first of all, Belle isn't there anymore. Just Beast. And she fell asleep after the bread course. But doesn't she have her own castle there now? She has a thing next door now. But she just is not there. Yeah. Okay. So it's just the next door thing. They don't have her come over. So oh, that's dumb. And it was, eh, you know, it's very expensive and not that great. Yeah. I remember doing like when I was a little kid going and doing like breakfasts and things specifically because certain characters would be there. Like it has nothing to do with the food. It's like, Hey, you just spent $20 on one egg, but that's fine. Cause here's the characters you wanted to see. <laughs> right. Exactly. We did a character breakfast with a Disney junior characters like fancy Nancy and Goofy and Vampirina, you know, all the ones you know and love. <laughs> Doc McStuffins. Yeah. I mean, overall, it was a good time. We stayed on property. I think that is key mm -hmm. to reduce your transit time in and out of the park. And you can like, oh, we need to take a break. Let's take the boat back or whatever and take a little nap before we make a run at it again. Because <laughs> 10 to 12 hours in a theme park is exhausting. Oh, yeah. 10 to 12 hours doing anything is exhausting. Yeah. Agreed. So, yeah, in, uh, in general, fun. But I was introduced to a, I'm going to go beyond Disney, <laughs> although Disney is the crux of things. Uh, I was also introduced to, I guess, is probably like one of the largest retirement communities in the country. It's called The Villages. It's basically, it's a, like 80 square miles, Whoa. multiple developments, 85 golf courses. It's a 55 plus community. Oh my God. So much room for activities. Yeah. Yeah. It's overwhelming. Yeah. Yeah. But then it's hot all the time. It's hot, a bit hot, uh, cooler at night. It's a bit hot. I mean, if you like to do pickleball and have a lot of mediocre food choices and live music all the time, then you should move there when you turn 55. I mean, 
I'm about all that except for the hot weather. I can't deal. No. So not for me. Womp womp. No. Yeah. You'll be retiring in Wyoming or something. I mean, at this rate, I'm going to be in Canada because it's going to be hot in all of the U.S. So <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> right. That's true. Yeah. Get yourself some prime Canadian property up north. Yeah. I'm going to live at West Boss's house. I'm just going to show up one day. Be like, hey, uh, I'm going to sleep in the basement for a little bit and uh, we'll find somewhere to live. I brought you some whiskey yeah. in my hands and it's cold out here. Well, it's getting warmer, but can I come inside forever? Yeah. <laughs> I brought my family. Yeah. I mean, we obviously can't ship him whiskey, so we'll we'll no. just bring it to him in person. Yeah. It's pretty challenging. Yeah. yeah I wonder if he's going to be at Render ATL because Scott's going to be there. He's a speaker. Is he also in Canada or no? No, he's in uh, Denver, I think. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. There are so many people, it's hard to keep up with. It feels like all of the internet tech personalities have been invited. Oh, yeah. Like if you have over 100,000 followers, you by default were asked if you want to speak, I think. Right. Yeah, <laughs> that's the minimum. Which, where's the primogenet? Right. He's got to speak. Maybe he doesn't want to. I don't know. Yeah, and... Yeah, maybe he doesn't want, I don't know. He doesn't really do the conference thing, right? Like his spiel yeah. is the recorded outlet, right? So. Yeah. I guess what's the point if everyone already knows you online, you know? Yeah. And like, what are you going to have a green screen on TV? And I mean, <laughs> I guess he'd be good at live coding something, but. Yeah, that would be, I would pay to watch that. Just someone doing insane Vim stuff. Like. Right. I remember when Torin did that at EmberConf and everyone was like, ooh, that's like crazy shit. So yeah, like I would watch that. Okay, fair. Well, you should uh, yeah. ping him and see if he'll like ask them to ask him. <laughs> yeah, I could. Yeah, on that note, I guess, uh, I ordered the keyboard he uses mm. and I'm going to like learn that, learn Vim, and then learn Dvorak is the high goal. I may or may not do it all, but like mm. I'm going to start just trying and like do that as part of uh, some videos that I'm doing too. Just kind of learn as everyone watches, like see if I can do it or not. Mm. I hate failing, so. Oh, there'll be a lot of failing. I'm sure I can deal with a public humiliation <laughs> personally. Yeah, so is that the Kinesis 360? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, you'll have to tell me what you think. Yeah, I had the, uh, like, Kinesis 2 or whatever, the one that's just like it, but it's not, like, split into two pieces. Mm -hmm. And I, I used it for, like, I don't know, a few days and then, like, decided it was too hard and put it away. But I wasn't that committed to it at the time. I see. And I don't know where it went now. Like I got, was going to get it back out and play with it. And I was like, can't find it. I'll just get the better one that is totally split. So, yeah, I'm going to, I've actually been like wearing out the keys on mine. So, hmm. I mean, I can replace the keys. That is also a simpler. Right. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, that's not fun. No. So if you like that keyboard, I would think about getting that keyboard. I really need a split one because I'm old and I get problems in my wrist, pain yeah. in my wrist. And the worst thing for me is the mouse. So... I mean, that's the extra high level goal is after all of that, if I can learn to control my computer with only the keyboard, that would be cool. That's true. That but I think honestly, the hardest thing would be websites because so many of them don't do accessibility, right? Yeah. Like you're trying to tab through the stuff and it's like not doing it at all. So, well, that's how you know what sites aren't doing a good job in accessibility. Like you eat the dog food on that. Yeah. I don't know. I have the Lyft for Mac mouse and it keeps your wrist more upright you're not moving around a bunch and yeah we have the same one right the, the logitech one yeah yeah well for those listening and may have any like carpal tunnel issues or wrist pain 
those are the ways that uh, I deal with it. A split keyboard that tents up and that mouse. Yeah, it does help. I have the accompanying Microsoft keyboard that's like a little bit ergonomic. It's not totally mm. split, but it's like a little bit domed and like it's like a, a gateway into an actual separate one. Yeah. So I, I got used to that one. And the biggest thing for me was like the keys in the middle, I would use the wrong fingers for. Like, like let me see here. Like maybe B is on the like right side mm. on the split one, but I would like press it with my left finger or something. And yeah, so that was a big problem for a little while. But uh, right. Yeah, we'll see. I think I have the opposite. So the B is on the left for mine, and I believe that I was trying to do the B with my right hand for the longest time and had to kind of relearn. That might have been it then, too. I'm not sure. Something like that. Like, So you also were doing it wrong, I guess, according to the people who invented split keyboards. Oh, I do it totally wrong. This is going to be a huge endeavor because I use, like, these fingers to type. Like, Oh, wow. Like, I don't use my, my uh, pinky fingers are, like, useless because they're so weak and then Hmm. i don't know so i use like three fingers on each hand to type but i'm gonna try to unlearn that and like because i won't have to move as far with the split keyboard so like maybe i can do it but we'll see interesting so i guess you didn't take typing classes in in school ever i did but they don't come around and look how you're doing it i can type really fast how i do it i just don't do it right Oh, so, gosh. And a very strict teacher in that way that you needed to be following this specific technique. And so they would watch you and correct you. Mm. Yeah, no, we like if there were too many people in class, like they would walk around, but you just have to pretend like your key, your hands are in the right place when they're like around there. And then they leave and you're like, typed it all really fast. Like, it's fine. I thought the Virginia school system was supposed to be good. I don't know about that. <laughs> yeah. Doubtful? It depends on where you are in Virginia. Yeah. I don't Were you in Fairfax County or no? No, 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 no. I was in Roanoke. Because that's the good one, right? Southwest Virginia. Oh, that's very different. Yes. There was an entire wing of the school dedicated to agriculture and mm. building stuff. That's how you know yeah. it's uh, <laughs> not in the city. That's why you kind of want to farm, but then the reality really dissuades you. Yeah. 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 No, it's a lot more work than it should be. Mm. I feel like you should say y'all more. So I used to, but I purposefully got myself not to do it. I say like you guys or mm. whatever, things that aren't y'all as much as I can. Yeah. <laughs> any any other thing. Yeah. Just remove that from your, your speech. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's today I learned. Yeah. I'm sure you've told me the Roanoke thing before, but I just kind of forgot. Yeah. I mean, growing up, I was like, I didn't leave a like square two hour radius. So like did college in Blacksburg, which is like an hour away, went to the lake. It's like an hour away. Yeah. Or Roanoke. Like it's all within that like triangle there. (laughs) Right. I mean, I wasn't like totally different than that either. So I grew up in Northern Kentucky, right across from Cincinnati. Basically it was very urban area though. So different in that sense. While people in this, you know, sat like an hour south of us would say y'all a bunch, not so much where I'm from. And skateboarded took buses into the city that kind of thing but yeah where else did i go i mean nowhere for the longest time the first time i I mean basically my first vacation was when i took a job at an airline my first or second year in college i can't remember might have been the second year and uh started flying to like cleveland just because i could for the day or and then my first actual vacation was to the bahamas because i had a job there and it was free Mm. yeah nice 
Yeah. There you go. If you want to go places for free, work on a plane. Yeah. Although maybe not right now because they're yeah. hitting each other a lot and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I hear it's much more challenging too. So this was obviously like pre 9-11. So there was like security was hardly anything. Airlines had tons of flights. So as they called this non-revenue, when you're an employee, getting non-rev seats was a lot easier. You literally could just show up and get on a lot of flights. But now they've worked to really overbook and reduce capacity and costs and all those kinds of things. And so it's not yeah. quite as easy as it once was. Make it sucky. Yeah. Yeah. For all of us, really, <laughs> as we know. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I have something I wanted to regress back to that we mentioned a couple of episodes ago. I mentioned something about MeUndies and you were like, oh, there's some better options. Like, we'll put a pin in that. And then we never came back to it. Mm. So tell me about the better options. Okay. Yeah, because I had me undies for quite some time, but then I got introduced to this brand called, and it sounds crass, but it's very effective. It's called Sax. <laughs> and that essentially is the concept. So it has like some of these like better sweat wicking, whatever materials, cotton blend, whatever. So it's very comfortable, but it has like the design is different where it has like a pocket built into it. For you to yeah. be in the sack for yours. Yes. And yes. it's incredibly comfortable. <laughs> and to be honest, kind of flattering. So it just it's a win-win. And they have some interesting <laughs> designs, or you can get like plain, you know, I've got like five pairs of black ones or whatever else. And yeah, I just basically decided to get rid of all other underwear. And just I was because I'd wear them and then have to like rotate into my me undies or whatever else. I'd be kind of disappointed. <laughs> and just so I was like, why am I even doing this? Just have enough of these. Yeah. So I tried some that are a similar concept with a similar name okay. of my package. Have you seen those? <laughs> I mean, it's very subtle. Yeah. No, I haven't. But I'm guessing like a few companies have probably got onto this now. Yeah. And so they were they were OK, but they just weren't as like. I think the material of MeUndies is the best I found so far. So like maybe that's the key is like if the design is right and the material is right, then yeah, then it's good. But I agree with that. I think it does have to be the right material too. So yeah, because I like before MeUndies uh, for years, I would do the Uniglow has this airism brand of things and it's about being sweat wicking and very light and like all of that. And that was pretty nice but a little too synthetic. And then me undies had a little more comfort to it. So the sax S A X X, I believe it is <laughs> perfect. Yes. <laughs> it uh, combines those. Okay. So gotcha. Yeah. I'd say give it a shot. I know you are always about like finding the perfect thing and then like just having 20 of those. Yeah. This might be it for you, right? Like find the right hat. And I just only want that hat. And like, just give me all that hat. Yeah. I currently have like, 50 pairs of me undies so wow yeah so it could be a whole while that was it for me <laughs> so far but yeah 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 well it was kind of like the sweatshirt thing you thought you had really nailed down the sweatshirt that you loved and then you found something else that you also love now or maybe love better yeah i mean everyone's always putting out stuff so if you don't try it you don't know where did you ever land on shoes i always feel like you just do regular shoes you never found like a shoe oh so i do i found a shoe <laughs> okay okay so it's these, the like J crew did some Nikes, right? Right. And at, like every dude has these. Okay. Right. But every white dude has these. Come on, let's be right. This was a style that existed. It wasn't just for J crew. So you can find on like 
third-party sites, a bunch of different colors. Mm. So I got a bunch of different colors, and I just wear basically that style with different color swooshes. Mm. So Always white, but with a different color swoosh. Yep. What are they? Because they're not flights or whatever they are. They're kill shot twos. Kill shot twos. Interesting. Mm-hmm. So now you've put that out there. Everybody's going to buy those out. You know, we're able to get them again. Well, they already do. When I wear these blue ones, these are my like, they're kind of messed up already. So they're my everyday shoes. Okay. But like if I'm trying to look nicer, I wear the other colors. Mm. But these like I'll wear them to a restaurant or an office or whatever. Guaranteed. If there's more than like 50 people there, another guy will have them on because <laughs> like they were super popular at J Crew and everyone has them. So. Oh, interesting. Yeah. I did not buy them. I really liked when they did like the Vans Authentics J. Crew run. That was pretty cool. And then they started like selling, well, they sell all kinds of random stuff now, but they had these Adidas Terex like hikers. And they look basically like the dad shoes that Kanye made popular. Yeah. But not yay branded. So I did that for a bit. Those are very cushy and comfortable too. But I feel like no shoes seem to last that long anymore. Yeah, and the problem with Nikes is they're all like super limited run. If you don't buy two pairs when you buy them and you decide you like them three months later, there's no way you're ever getting those shoes again. So that's kind of frustrating. So that's why I just found like on the like third markets, like, you know, here's these. I forget where I bought them from, but uh, I could find them elsewhere. StockX or something? I don't know. I can probably find it real quick. Let's see. Some place is going to have it more consistently. But yeah, isn't that strange and interesting? Like if there's just a basic pair of Nikes that you like, why can't they just make them forever? Why do they have to like create this exclusivity? Like I just want to have this shoe all the time and I don't want to have to stock up 10 pairs on them. Yeah, there's just such a like robust market for like people to buy them and trade them and stuff. I think that they want it to be kind of exclusive, but yeah, which is weird, right? Like they've created that limited run of something that's a consumable to a degree so it's like also kind of a pain in the ass i got it from stadium goods is where i bought it from okay never heard of that but that's okay yeah i every once in a while get like a hair up my butt about a particular sneaker or something that i want to find and we'll start to look for some things or or i'll remember something i had in high school and like oh i want that again yeah because they're remaking everything so you can usually find it somewhere well Now I wouldn't wear them, but like the most unique shoes that I ever had were Puma used to let you customize shoes. I don't know if you ever saw that. Mm. So you could pick each piece. No, but Adidas did that too. Could be a different material. And I got like purple crocodile leather for like around the laces and then like fur lined inside, like pink bottom, like basically just clown shoes. But they were like so cool because I could change everything. Mm. And then like... I don't know why places don't do more of that to where you can just make it exactly how you want. Like the Nike ones are like probably a logistical nightmare or like, Oh yeah, you can change like a color or two, but like, right. They don't let you fully say like, I want this to be a totally different material that you don't offer in this shoe. It's like every material they had. I think they called it like the uh, Mongolian shoe barbecue. And you could like pick all of your stuff like a Mongolian barbecue. You can see where that didn't last long. Right. I mean, come on. Yeah. They're a German shoe company. Well, I had fun with it. It was like uh, senior year of high school. So it's been a bit. <laughs> yeah, that's the time to, you know, as they say, peacock a little more. Yeah. You know, you don't care as much. You know, like whatever. Right now, you probably just like just get to find a white pair of shoes and just wear those forever. That's the problem. Yeah, I've found the pants that I want to wear all the time. So that's solved. What did you settle on? They're Muggsies. Mugs? Have you seen those? I don't think so. 
They're like stretchy jeans. Oh, you have showed me these before. I don't know. I had mixed feelings on that. I don't know how much time you spend solving this problem constantly in your life, but it never ends for sure. I'm certain of that because you find it and you're like, I'm good. I'm happy with this for a little bit. And then like four months later, that's it's changed because you found something else. Well, the problem is four months later, I'm 10 pounds heavier. So (laughs) I uh, have to change to something else. Mm. Yeah. Uh, We'll do a whatnot where we talk about ways to stop that. (laughs) Okay. But anyways. Just eat potatoes, remember? Oh, I know. I know. So have you seen the show, The Woman in the House Across the Street from the Girl in the Window? I have seen the title and it (laughs) made me tired. And after I finished reading the title, it was time for bed. So yeah, I haven't gotten to that yet. So yes, the title is funny like that on purpose. So it's a comedy and it's Mm. very good. What's it on? Where can I find it? It's on Netflix and they're only like 26 minutes per episode and there's only eight. So you can like, we finished six of them the first time we sat down to watch it. Okay. So we only have two left. But it's super good. It's like uh, this lady lives in this house. If you watch the like preview, so I'm not giving away any spoilers. In the preview, it shows like she lives in this house, right? And she's like, she drinks a ton of wine. She has some like mental stuff going on. She's taking some pills and things. Right. And like you hear her talk to her therapist on the phone. And he's like, yeah, you're not taking those with uh, alcohol, are you? And she's like, no, no, I've been cutting back. And she has like this glass of wine that's filled to the top, like no room above, like in the glass. Nice. It's good. Okay. I would recommend watching it. Well, that's a good segue into, so I've been watching Shrinking on Apple TV. Oh yeah. With Jason Siegel and Harrison Ford. Yeah. yeah I've heard that's good. It is good. And it's funny. I mean, it's a little more serious than I thought it was going to be. Like there's like the sad kind of serious undertones, but overall it's very entertaining, very funny. And then also been watching Last of Us. Oh, yeah. I haven't started that yet either. Yeah. I was torn between like, should I play the game and then watch it? Right. Or uh, do you have a PlayStation? I don't have one. So is it PlayStation only? I think it is exclusive. Hmm. Exclusive. Uh, We do. I think I forget which PlayStation we have. What's the new one? Uh, Five. That everyone can't get. Five is the new one. Okay. Then I think we have a four. Yeah. And I don't think it's a new game. I think there's a part two, but I think like the game it's based on is like a three or four game. Yeah. Cause what I'm worried about is I'll watch the show and it'll be really good. And then I'll go, Hey, I should play this game. But like most of the plot of the game will be gone. And like, that's the point of the game is it's not necessarily that hard to play. It's just like playing a movie. Oh yeah. You know? Right. So yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah. I'm not the expert on that. We should have Rob on just to ask him that question and then (laughs) kick him off. Yeah. Yeah. Good to know. We'll phone a friend. (laughs) Well, as we often get frequent comments and feedback on Twitter about the show, if you're listening to this and you happen to know more details on that particular item, (laughs) feel free to let us know. It'll take us two, three weeks to Google and get the information. So it'd be great to just have direct feedback (laughs) or I'm sorry, chat GPT could just tell us. Yeah. Nope. So yeah, I have not. I will check that show. I also recommend my shows to you because what else are you going to do mostly? Well, I've been playing a lot of Hogwarts Legacy as has Caitlin. So mm-hmm. been busy with that, but <laughs> busy with that. Yeah. Been entertained with that. That's good. Well, like, you know, since I have an hour or two of potential free time a day, mm-hmm. I usually use it for that. So I haven't had time for shows really. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. 
Yeah. I mean, I hear it's pretty good and maybe I'll get around to it at some point. I just was never that into, you know, that whole world or whatever. But what is it? Two months we get the new Zelda mm-hmm. and that is going to be a different thing. I have thought about going back to Breath of the Wild too. Like, oh, I've got a couple months. Maybe I should play that again and just kind of get up to speed on the gameplay. Yeah, I started it like, uh, I don't know. I remember when. Within the last six months sometime, I started it again and played it for like maybe a week. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, I don't know, something, I got busy. And then like, if I get busy and stop playing a game, it's hard for me to get back into it. So, Right. And also, like like you said, you don't have a lot of free time. So play multiple games at once. Like you've kind of made your decision. Yeah. Yeah. So definitely going to play the new one and going to play Diablo 4 when it comes out. I think uh, Zelda is May and Diablo is June, I believe. So I'll take your word for it. I'll be busy not doing any work for a couple months. Your summer (laughs) vacation is not working. Sorry. (laughs) Yeah. I'll just use all my PTO then and uh, we'll figure it out at Christmas time. Yeah. Who needs to travel? It's overrated. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Well, we're about at time. Just a quick plug for anyone who hasn't noticed yet. I've changed my handle to Robbie the Wagner everywhere on the Internet, including my up and coming YouTube channel that will be dropping hopefully before this episode drops. So check that out if you are so inclined. And you got anything to plug, Chuck? Uh, No. Okay. (laughs) Well, thanks everyone for listening. If you liked it, please subscribe, leave us some ratings and reviews, and we will catch you next time. Thanks for listening to Whiskey Web and Whatnot. This podcast is brought to you by ShipShape and produced by Podcast Royale. If you like this episode, consider sharing it with a friend or two and leave us a rating, maybe a review, as long as it's good. You can subscribe to future episodes on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. For more info about ShipShape and this show, check out our website at shipshape.io.